0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Geekdom is Back. We're doing a bit of a semi-roundtable episode. It's more of a triangle here today. I'm your host, Deanna Chapman, and joining me to discuss Dark Phoenix are Katie Schaefer and Mirjani Rawls. Katie,
1: how are you doing? I'm good. Ready to talk about this movie, I believe they call things that are in theaters <laughs> for this long.
0: Mirjani, how are you doing today, too?
2: I'm pretty good. Uh, I'm ready to talk about this uh, event that happened that Marked the end of the fox x-men marriage thankfully
0: yeah so quickly here we'll just touch on some of the cast and characters before we dive into some real probably not so deep thoughts about this movie (laughs) (laughs) and you know this centers around gene gray much like x-men the last stand did and Mirjani and I already discussed that movie, so I will link to that in the show notes in case anyone missed that and wants to listen to both episodes just for a little comparison there. But, you know, you have Sophie Turner as Jean Grey, and you obviously have some or lots of familiar faces in this if you have seen previous X-Men movies since they kind of rebooted the series again, I don't even really know what's going on. But Jean Grey, most important character, you have Professor X, you have Magneto, you have Mystique, and you have some other characters that I don't really know what their purpose is sometimes, but
1: they are there. To fill up the background. That's what they're there for.
0: Because we need more X-Men.
1: Yes, always, always more (laughs) X-Men.
0: So how do you guys feel about just the slate of characters we have in this movie in general.
1: I feel like they tried to cram in as many recognizable characters as possible throughout this series, but mm-hmm. in particular in this movie, you know, Nightcrawler, uh, in particular was like, I guess you're here but you're just serving a function, you're not a character. Right. Um and then the ones who've appeared in every single one, Raven and Beast and Professor X and Cyclops. Yep. Yep, Cyclops, Jean Grey, of course. But at the same time it was like they gave those characters no development. Right. No development. And if you hadn't seen the previous movies, good luck catching on. I mean, I know this <laughs> I know this is kind of like Infinity War and Endgame where it's like, well, if you need to watch the other movies and I understand that, but this series is not the same. Doesn't it's never been as successful at having an individual story within the greater context of the series. I still haven't even watched Apocalypse, so there's Oof. that.
0: <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, Rajani, you and I talked about that previously, too, and it's just like, I care about these characters, but kind of not this version of all of them, because like Katie said, there isn't too much character development. Did you feel that same way?
2: Well, I think it's important to note that Simon Kinsberg wrote The Last Stand, so I felt like when I was watching this movie that he was really trying to make up for that. Mm-hmm. Like it was a, okay, I couldn't do this in Last Stand. I'm going to try to make up for it in Dark Phoenix. And it just didn't work. And and what a main character that kind of like shows, I guess what Katie just touched on was Volk. Uh, that was Jessica Chastain. So you get an actress just like with the power of just, Justice and you just basically have her do nothing. Like, you have her be, like, this kind of, like, faceless alien throughout the movie that's, like, the devil mm-hmm. within, you know, Jean Gray's ear. But that's it. And I just felt like a lot of these characters were just kind of just walking around, either not waiting for Gene to do something, or just kind of, like, doing nothing. Like, the with the reboots, the main... I guess the main relationship is basically between Professor X and Magneto, and I felt like James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender did a really good job with that. But for most of the movie, Magneto is not doing anything. He's just kind of yeah. on this island chilling, reacting. Yeah, he's just like, oh my god, like Raven's he's stopping day. some
1: helicopters, guys, right? Yeah. Oh my god, things are happening, yeah. and then I'm going to do stuff. But <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't affect change in any way, even at the end of the film. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So like, it's just like, all right you built basically this whole story between their friendship and sometimes their animosity towards each other because they have warring opinions on what mutants should be with humans. And the main guy who's actually been through the most Magneto has been through hell. Is like for half the movie, he's just not doing, not doing anything. He's just kind of just chilling out on his, you know, Island until, you know, beast or Jean comes and, and brings the fight to him, which was I was like, what?
0: It really felt like everyone was sort of just done by the time this movie came around. You know, I don't know if it was necessarily the crew, because I'm sure they all still worked hard and the writers tried to write a good story. And, you know, I want to dive in to what the movie gets right and wrong. We mentioned that, you know, there isn't any real character growth for most, if not all of these characters. And that's obviously a downside. I think one of the small things they got right was that they really tried to focus on Jean Grey more in this movie than they did in The Last Stand. They didn't add in the mutant cure again or anything going on that would detract from Jean's story too much. And, you know, obviously having the alien race come, that still had to do with her. So everything really came back to Jean, at least. It just wasn't executed quite like
1: I was hoping it would be. Yeah, the Dark Phoenix saga is one of the first comics I read of the X-Men, and it's so well done. It's so well written. It's balanced, and there's so much going on, and this is a very poor adaptation of it. But I will say that there are a few scenes in that movie that they really got right, and I think the biggest one for me was the scene between Beast and... And uh, Professor X, where Beast is trying to force her or force him to admit to his mistakes. In the kitchen, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. That scene is perfectly done. And those two actors are doing just their, some of their best work. A huge part of that is the fact that it's James McAvoy and Nicholas Holt, both of whom are really fabulous actors. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And, but throughout the rest of the film, the dialogue is, "Eh, it's all right. It's all right. Not the worst I've seen in an X-Men film, but it's still, (laughs) but in there, it really makes it work and they're able to sell it. And there's just these weird moments in the film that work that where you watch it, you're like, all right. And like the, this, the other one that I thought was really well done was the penultimate fight scene, the fight scene between the X-Men and Gene and uh, the Magneto's people where it's kind of this triangular fight mm-hmm. going on. I thought that was also really well done, and the action seems intense, and the characters are using their X powers for uh, for what they're for, and it feels very like, much like a comic book. But the rest of it just kind of falls a little flat. Marjani, I
0: know for you, since we discussed The Last Stand recently— you know, we could see some of the potential in that movie. And I think Dark Phoenix has a little bit more potential of sort of capturing the essence of that story, but doesn't quite get there. Would you agree with that?
2: I would, because in Last Stand, it just really felt, especially in the second half of the movie, that Jean Grey just kind of stood around. It was just angry and just kind of activated her powers. And it was more of an extension to Magneto. Mm-hmm. Here you get into the backstory of what happened to Jean, what her relationship with Professor X was. And one thing that I kind of found that worked was Xavier's kind of, you know, fight with this whole, I'm trying to protect her. But then again, he's lying to her because of what happened to her parents. And one scene that I actually thought was pretty good is when Jean went home and saw like her father and realized that like her father really just wanted to kind of give her away because he blamed her for, you know, her mother's death and whatnot. And it has this whole thing that kind of comes back to what the crux of the X-Men is. You know, you have people with these mutant powers and society isn't really, like accepting of them. And I felt that really worked. And I felt basically how McAvoy and even Sophie, how they sell it was pretty good. Like it, even though like some of the scenes, like when she goes back home, they fight outside instead of inside, just like from from last stand. And you could tell, like they kind of repeated throughout the two movies. What Kinsberg did is kind of expanded upon it. And that's where, you know, just like what Katie said about the comic, I don't know if you could really do it all in one movie. It would have to be either a series of movies or kind of like what they did in the animated series where it was like a five or six part or
1: whatever. Right. Or like a TV show, a season yeah. of a TV show. You could totally do the Dark Phoenix saga in that and have it be satisfying.
0: I really wish companies like Marvel and DC would just go in on limited series events because, you know, even though. Inhumans is a very, very bad example of (laughs) that. You know, it was one season, probably because it wasn't very good, but they did try to contain this one story within that one season. And when it's executed properly, I think this is something that you know, maybe they should consider this for Disney Plus because then they won't have to deal with a network like ABC. Well, Disney owns ABC, so that was a bad example. <laughs> they wouldn't but ABC to deal is with their the family rules. channel. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't have to deal with the same rules as network TV. And you wouldn't have to sort of build your TV show around commercials. <laughs> and you, know, <laughs> you could just sort of do this limited series. And it's clear that Disney is going in on having big movie stars in their TV shows. We've seen that with the other Marvel properties, that they're willing to do that. And, you know, we will talk a little bit later about how this closes out the franchise and, you know, what we thought kind of worked just within this rebooted series as a whole. But let's talk about the death of Mystique real quick here, because if I'm being honest, i didn't care, and I feel like that's just such a disservice to the character.
1: Hard agree. Hard agree. My uh, partner was like, oh, this must be where Mystique dies. He whispered to me while we watched <laughs> it. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then it happens, and afterwards he told me, like, yeah, they they telegraph it in the trailers, and I was like...
2: Yeah, they sure did. They yep. do?
1: And I was like, I must not have watched very many trailers. But it, to me, it felt totally unearned, and just kind of a waste, like, if you're going to do that to such a main character in this series, like, Mystique may not be the biggest main character in the actual comics, but in this series, she is integral. It's, like, her, Xavier, and Magneto. Like, those are the three that started it, that brought everything together, and to do her dirty like that just feels so, like, exhausting. Like, you couldn't give this It has to be one woman killing another woman in order to show how bad this woman has got. It just felt so cheap and like a a ploy that they executed because probably at least partially because they knew this was their last movie. So they really wanted to make an emotional impact. But it didn't work. (laughs) No, no, it didn't. It just made me like, "Eh, you didn't earn this. I don't care.
2: (laughs) When I watched it, I'm like, Jennifer Lawrence is done. Like, she's done with this role. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. she's like, she could not, like, get out of here sooner. I, like, I I agree with both of you. When the death happened, I didn't feel a thing. And that's bad because when you have a major death that occurs within a series, it's supposed to kind of hit you. Like, uh, Endgame, when Black Widow died, that was an emotional point because... She had to sacrifice herself for something, and Clint was the one, you know, it, they were fighting over, and he passed. And when Mystique was, I was like, oh, okay. And it goes back to the point about the trailer we had already seen it months before, like, they had yeah. already telegraphed it. <laughs> so it, it, I was like, oh, when I went in, like, they had telegraphed the death scene, they had telegraphed the funeral scene. We were like, oh, well, somebody's going to die, and it's most likely going to be Mystique. So, like, when that happened, I felt it was definitely a disservice because, uh, like you said, she's a big part of First Class, uh Days of Futures Past, and they built her up to be, you know, such a, in a big role, kind of, you know, the the friend of Professor X, and Charles, and then, like, kind of, like, the love interest of Magneto, and then even in this movie, she's kind of, like, there's, like, this love with Beast and and her, you know, saying, like, be who you are. And then when she is it, it, just to kind of get killed like that, it is like, oh, wow, that's really not satisfying at all. Like, she deserved more than that because she's she's also an emotional point in this movie, too, with Jean. And then it just ends.
1: Yeah. Right. She's such a she's such a great character. Like, they really gave her depth. There's one thing I thought these movies, like this series of movies, did really well, was they gave Mystique a place in this world and gave her an emotional depth. And then for them to just, like, cut it out, it felt just so, it was so disappointing to see that. And that was what I felt more than anything when it happened. Like, oh, this again. <laughs>
0: Especially having someone who is now as big as Jennifer Lawrence is and to have these moments before her death where, you know, she shows her uncertainty. She's not keeping that in. She's letting her opinion be known. And we see her talking with Beast about leaving. And it's almost like they were like, okay, well, Jennifer Lawrence is kind of out on this character because, well, we wrote her so crappily (laughs) lately right
1: and she's j-law so she gonna do what she wants
0: yeah and then it felt like they were punishing her character for wanting to leave that's sort of why the death didn't resonate with me at all it's like oh she was gonna leave so now you're just gonna kill her off so she can't leave
2: (laughs) yeah it's weird because i i thought that they really started to build something really good with her because she's the one who starts to point out to charles like hey you changed like yeah Is this for you or is this for us? Are you doing all the mutant stuff to kind of like free them and kind of, you know, be in harmony with the humans for a better world or is it just so you can be a glory hound?
1: Right. She holds everyone accountable for their actions. She isn't afraid to be vulnerable. She isn't afraid to like call it out when she sees it.
0: Yeah, I know story wise that there isn't really a ton to grasp onto in this one outside of Jean and her character. So is there anything else regarding the story that either of you want to touch on before we sort of dive into this being possibly the end of the franchise? Because who knows what's going on with New Mutants right now?
1: I don't think so.
2: New Mutants, I think it's coming out in 2020, I think. I, I think they're, uh, they're actually releasing it. The small thing that I kind of want to talk about is like the love story between that they tried to do with phoenix and, and cyclops okay uh simon kinsberg tried to say you know before the movie that like that was going to be the huge emotional core uh i felt like watching this and watching last stand you could basically interchange wolverine and cyclops and it would be the same thing that that's kind of like one of the like the big things that i had wrong with this movie is like oh wow i kind of this is kind of deja vu uh, you know what i mean like it i felt like i kind of seen this before so yeah that's all that that's all i kind of wanted to touch on
1: so there's the rule of threes in film where like if you see something twice you're going to see it a third time and there's a point where cyclops says gene you said you'd always come back to me and i was waiting for that i was like well that's how he's going to win her in the end gene You said you'd always come back to me and I was waiting for it. And I know that they changed the end of this film when they officially found out like there will be no more films. This is going to the MCU like you guys are done. (laughs) They changed some of the final stuff and it felt like the end is actually pretty good. Honestly, I, I thought that was the strongest part of the film, but they don't fulfill on that. And it feels it feels like the last 30 minutes or so of the film are kind of. Totally different than <laughs> the first hour and 10 minutes of the film. So I agree. Like the, I wanted more originality with the Cyclops and Jean in that I wanted it to feel like them and not like Jean and, you know, lover A or <laughs> lover B or whatever.
0: Part of me wonders if maybe they just need to cut that portion of Jean's comic book storyline out for a movie or even a TV series to really work, because both of the movies that we've been discussing here, the downsides have been the love interest scenarios, you know, and they just never really clicked in a way that would make it feel earned for the story. It's like, okay, yeah, we know they're supposed to have a thing in the comics, but, you know, plenty of good superhero movies have taken aspects of the comics and use them to their advantage in the movies not everything needs to be you know this one for one adaptation and i think it might be something worth considering if they do try to tackle specifically this storyline again and i really hope they just like wait a while
2: (laughs) no definitely like i felt with the last stand he's like cyclops instantly dies and then i felt (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah. And then Wolverine, I, I know that they were building on it throughout, you know, the movies that, you know, there there may be something between him and Gene. But I really felt that Wolverine was there because he was really the only one that can kill Gene. That, you know, his powers kind of healed, healed himself so he could just, you know, kill her in the end. And it wasn't really like it, it was like, oh, well, you know, Cyclops is out of the way. So, like, now I could kind of express it to you. And Dark Phoenix, it, it felt like they tried to show that Cyclops was like kind of like, with all these changes that were happening with Gene, uh, he was kind of like the, the emotional come down, the, the, the home feeling, the emotional balance. And, and like he said, you know, I didn't feel that they really drove that home. And that would have really, for me at least, helped out the movie to kind of like fill it, especially that it was – the end and it was definitely reshot because i think uh it was too close to captain marvel's ending so that's why they kind of reshot it from what i heard
1: yep that's also what my that's what my partner said when we were watching it interesting i
0: did not know that but makes sense because why would they want it to look the same (laughs) (laughs) right so i think that wraps up the majority of what we all think about the story in general here but since this is the last of this group of X-Men on the big screen. And honestly, I haven't rewatched any of this group's movies recently. And like I said, I have not seen Apocalypse at all. So you two might be able to answer this way better than I can. But what did this group get right about their characters? And I do think there is some fantastic casting within this group.
1: Oh, I agree. There, like James McVoy is a fantastic actor. Michael Fassbender jennifer lawrence nicholas holt you know there's all these amazing actors and actresses in it and i think as much as the script allows they give their everything to it i think especially james mcvoy and i liked their characterization and when the script doesn't get in the way of that it works really well but especially with age of apocalypse it really does get in the way of that i'm Oof. one of those people i'm one of those people who maintains there's a good movie somewhere in the f- in the film mm-hmm. that contains age of apocalypse but it is not the one they put together for everyone <laughs> to watch <laughs> like it's gorgeous like how they portray storm is so amazing and i was glad to see her back in this but ugh, like they just misuse so many of the characters. But the casting and how they allowed those that cast to kind of express themselves and become that character, all of that works. It's just a pity that the rest of it kind of misses the mark.
2: X-Men First Class, I just thought was an amazing movie, especially coming off of Last Stand. I'm like, oh, wow, they're rebooting it like already? But... I was a huge fan of Michael Fassenbender as Magneto. Like Mm -hmm. Magneto is a villain. Like he's a villain, but with everything that they show that he goes through with Shaw and being through the Holocaust and all this pain and hurt and agony that he's been through. And even with, you know, his beef against regular humans, he's like, they'll never accept us. Like you kind of, you know, level with him and, Fassbender does a h- amazing job conveying that, and like going back, James McAvoy as Professor X, like trying to, you know, always do the greater good, even though like towards the end of this arc, it's a little bit misguided. But he had to kind of arc back into himself. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique, I know there was some reservations about putting Mystique front and center like that, but it kind of almost as in her own character arc and kind of being a go-between even before with professor Rex and Magneto and showing a mirror to beast. She was awesome too, but kind of like going back to like watching apocalypse uh, and, and expounding on what Katie said, like the cast can only do so much apocalypse was so just him as a villain and, and what was teased in days of futures past. and And, and if you've read the comic, how big he is, he was done such a disservice. And so like, you had like this big, bad villain and it just amounts to nothing. And I, I that's what I felt. Like I felt it started so good with, uh, first class and days of futures past. And then it just kind of like went down to a halt with apocalypse and Darth Phoenix. And this is a shame because this was a really good cast. I don't even know. I, I'm pretty sure Disney's going to start fresh. Yeah, yeah, that's what they're going to do. I would love to see them bring McAvoy and Vassar Bender back, but I don't think that's going to happen. I I don't think that's going to happen. But yeah, they did the best they could. And, you know, even though maybe the movies aren't as good, there are some really good performances.
0: 99% of the problems with these characters stems from the writing In my opinion, you know, we have two movies that we can look back on fondly, and you know, I'll probably have to go rewatch those soon just because I haven't seen them in forever. And will I watch Apocalypse? I don't know. (laughs) No, don't do it. I might, yeah, don't do it, just because I'm such a completionist. I might feel like I need
1: to, but I'll do everything else before that.
2: (laughs) Poor Oscar, Oscar Isaac, man.
1: If you do it, do it a night, like after you've been out with your friends for the night and you've had a few drinks and then you come home, you're like, ah, uh, i just watch something <laughs> while I eat some food. I just need something to watch. <laughs> yeah, then it's okay to watch it. But otherwise, like, just don't waste your time.
2: <laughs> yeah, do, yeah. Don't, don't break any appointments or anything to watch this movie. Please don't.
0: Well, luckily, I have lots of time, so I probably we'll get to it at some point. But you know, I'm not in a hurry. And that movie came out in what, like 2016, 2017, and I still haven't watched it. So definitely not in a hurry by any means. But you know, Dark Phoenix closes out the franchise. And mirjani you mentioned that New Mutants is supposed to come out next year. But you know, I'm a little leery about that because it keeps getting pushed and pushed. But the thing of note there is that the characters are totally different characters. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And, you know, given the MCU's track record with casting, I don't know if I would be worried about, you know, Marvel getting the casting wrong for a future X-Men team. I just think there are some characters that maybe they shouldn't be so quick to reuse. You know, Logan was the perfect ending for that character. And if you ask me, you know, maybe that should have been where the X Men franchise ended. I wouldn't be surprised
1: if it had been a better way to go about it, honestly. <laughs> it just felt like this also, it, when it comes to this is the ending, it also feels like this isn't the best ending because. You can definitely tell that they cut it short, and we're like, "Well, we'll just shove something in there to yeah. make it work <laughs> as the final ending instead of giving it a natural feeling conclusion." To a at this point, a long running series, you know, this is like what five movies, so it felt very unnatural, especially in this age, this day and age where we see Infinity War and Endgame come out to end a twenty two movie series, and Harry Potter with seven movies, and so on and so forth, like. It just felt like they should have planned better. And unfortunately, they really did not.
0: Yeah. You know why Logan would have been a much better ending, though? Because they have all of those mutant kids who presumably get away. And you could just start over with that group of kids there and build up those characters going forward instead. And I know that movie takes place in the future, technically. So I guess it kind of still is the proper ending given the time of it but yeah that is one of those things where it's like okay disney could have worked with that as an ending and marvel you know they could have just taken those same kids or even recasted them because we didn't see too much of them i would love to see an x 23 movie though and have laura be sort of the new wolverine like in the all new wolverine comic because i found that really enjoyable yeah so yep there's so much that I just really wish they would have done with these, you know, last few mu- movies, Logan aside, obviously. And Mirjani, what are your thoughts on how this closes things out and sort of what position that leaves Marvel in now that Disney has acquired them?
2: Well, I feel kind of speaking for everybody that it ended with Logan for me. Like it was yeah. that that. Yep, I'm ended. on board. The overall story, it, it was just an amazing watch. It was gritty. It was rated R, you know. I feel that Fox kind of took this for granted because I don't think that they really foresaw the sale coming like that. Like even when it was announced that, you know, did Disney was like dabbling in it and they were waiting for approval. I'm like, oh, my God, like this is really going to happen. Like uh, it's Fantastic Four and X-Men finally going to come home. And even then, you know, so I just felt like they were kind of like sitting on their hands, but they were still kind of planning movies like Gambit and Channing Tatum was really <laughs> trying to get that off the ground uh, with three directors. I know uh, they were trying to do a Doom movie that Disney apparently, you know, Feige still talking about uh, New Mutants. They shot and they still haven't done reshoots for it. I don't even know what's going on with that. So I felt that Fox was like, okay, like, we'll keep going. And then when the sale happened, they're like, oh, God, like, how do we how do we really wrap this up? But you kind of already did. And I don't know, like, I just felt like with all the history that the X-Men movies had, especially when it really back in like 2000 or 2001, whenever the first one came out, it really started off this whole like saga of doing sequels and, and Honestly, it just really gave it a disservice. But I think that Disney will kind of put this on ice for a little bit and they should mm-hmm. because it's you need a little bit of distance with Dark Phoenix, especially when you have, you know, something like a 200 million dollar budget and it only makes 245 million dollars. And that's not even counting reshoots and marketing and lost money. So you need that to kind of go away in the public's eye they'll probably bring back fantastic four and they should we should finally do something with those characters especially if they're going cosmic and you have disney plus and the movies and you should slowly integrate them back into the mcu putting them into the mcu now would be way too much
0: like yeah
2: it's like yep. all these x men characters and you still have all you know everybody in the mcu let everybody miss them for And then like maybe like three or four years, kind of integrate them back slowly.
1: Right. That's a phase five or phase six level. Like, let's give it some time.
0: And those are two groups that really deserve some time. I do want to quickly touch a little more on new mutants here because you know, Logan was a risk for Fox by all means, because it was a rated R movie. Kids weren't going to be able to see it. Kids really shouldn't see it, even though there are kids in it. And It just took all of the grittiness of the character from the comic book pages and put it onto the screen so well. And then they come back and they do something like this with Dark Phoenix and you're kind of like, "Uh, okay. And then when New Mutants was announced, I felt like that was equally, if not more of a risk than Logan was because we had already grown to love Wolverine as a character, just through all of the previous movies, through Hugh Jackman's characterization of him. And New Mutants felt like a horror movie at heart. And I know all three of us are really into the idea of genres being blended in with superhero movies so that they go so much further beyond being just a superhero movie. And That's something that I really do hope we get to see because it sort of feels like the risk that Fox should have taken next instead of redoing
1: a Dark Phoenix storyline. That would have made it so much more interesting. I agree. It would have been something cool to see, especially because we've had sci-fi blended with, you know, with our superheroes, but like a little bit of horror blended with our superheroes, which we could, you know potentially get in the future and there's fantasy with doctor strange and all of that. But like, we haven't seen that dark side of things except through either Logan or Deadpool and Deadpool's coming. We've all, they've all agreed like, yes, we know you'll kill us if we don't bring the Deadpool along to the Marvel universe. (laughs) 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 But I, you know, Hugh Jackman has already said, like, I'm not doing any more of this. I got other stuff I want to do. And, but I think a horror side of it and, or at least like that, darker aspect of it would bring something more adult to this world that they're trying to build. And so I agree I'm really hoping that they'll include something like that in their future X-Men or even just Marvel series. Yeah
2: well uh, Diana's favorite uh, actor Jared Leto is doing Morbius <laughs> over in Sony so oh, that's right get
0: me started. And-
2: <laughs> you might get a horror there. But uh Disney has Hulu. So if they Right. they don't have to put stuff on Disney Plus because I know they want to keep it family oriented. Right. So if they were to go more adult, just put it there. And you know, I think especially because for what I understand the reshoots of New Mutants was actually supposed to be try to make it scarier and I know Josh uh I think Josh Boone. yeah Boone is really keen on doing it. I, I really think that they really should. And I think, I think Anna Taylor joy said something about it. Like she's like, she's, you know, my character is like dope as fuck. So like, I hope that we do this, but yeah, I think with the vast number of characters they have and the vast number of territories. And now that they, they can go to, why not try to satisfy if it's good? Why not try to satisfy almost like every genre? Like, like you said, like, with uh Doctor Strange you have you have like this whole cosmic thing and then even with a show like Legion, it's like this whole like psychedelic So wacky like <laughs> Where am I? Like is this in a wacky. dream like yeah. and, Am I in his in his dream? So, like, yeah, like, diversify your products. You have the means, and I'm sure Feige's down for it, so.
1: Right. He seems to have embraced the world of comics, which is the world of all genres, you know. And, they, and they'll and they have some competition because Netflix just announced they're doing uh, The Sandman, which is as kind of dark and gritty as you can get when it comes to comic books, unless you're delving into some of the really dark shit out there. <laughs> and. So I think they'll be pushed to kind of consider this idea of like, well, maybe, you know, now we're one of the biggest companies in the world and definitely one of the biggest media company in the world. Let's explore all of the money making opportunities instead of just, you know, family friendly fare.
2: Even uh, WB, I think, is trying to do this with Joker. Uh, if Joker is successful, I think the rumor is that they're going to open up this kind of else worlds thing where they do one off movies that are rated R. So it would behoove Disney to kind of get into this market.
0: Absolutely. Well, before we wrap this up, let's quickly go over our ratings for Dark Phoenix. You know, I really felt like this (laughs) wasn't the worst X-Men movie. It was pretty middle of the road. So I ended up, I believe, giving it a two and a half out of five. I will double check on that, though. But Katie,
1: what's your rating? (laughs) I have a passionate love for the original Dark Phoenix saga and this and at the very least their usage of Jessica Chastain's kind of Emma Frost kind of not Emma Frost uh, was just very frustrating for me so that knocked it down half a point so it's two out of five for me Marjani what was your rating?
2: (laughs) I I went on a random Friday night saw it everybody just kind of walked out and shrugged Uh, two, same thing, two out of five.
0: Yeah, so we're pretty much all pretty close there. I think I maybe gave them that little half star bump just for, you know, the characters that I really did enjoy (laughs) in it, which none of them were Jean Grey. So there is that. But I really do hope that one day, not anytime soon, they find a Jean Grey story, whether it's the Dark Phoenix saga or not, that they can tell in a way that they haven't been able to tell a Jean Grey story thus far
2: do it on tv please it's never worked for movies you're not going to be able to do five movies of uh dark phoenix please do like a limited tv run
1: yep that's how it'll work that's how it'll work really well do like a adult series of you know the dark phoenix
0: well I'm sure all of the Disney executives and Marvel executives are listening to this podcast obviously and <laughs> should listen to all three of us
1: but you know we will see We do what know happens. the we know the people. We know the people. We we can tell them this is the way to win and make money. We will yeah. demand things from Marvel that no one else can apparently. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, Katie and Virjani, thank you both so much for coming on to talk about this. I know we kept this pretty tight. I'm, you know, I'm pretty happy with this discussion, though.
2: You no, know, the amazing. The amazing ending of Dark Phoenix will do that for you.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, it leaves you speechless, really.
0: Yeah, it, it kind of does. Not necessarily <laughs> for the right reasons. But anyway... If you guys want to keep up with the podcast, we're at Geekdom Pod on Twitter. We are welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook, and as always, thank you all for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.